Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. So uh, being a dad, uh, absolutely, 100%, one of the greatest joys of my life. Uh, And I mean that. Um, Fatherhood uh, came quick for us. me and Jess, we uh, got married. We went to a conference in Colorado. The Lord spoke to us, you're gonna have a son, and he's gonna be the worship leader of the church someday. And we were like, cool, great. We had just got married. We're like, you know, thanks God. We're excited about that, but you know, someday down the road. And, uh, and then I think it was a matter of like three weeks later, Jess was like, I'm pregnant, and I was like, no, you're not. That's not. It's not true. And so, I lived in a I lived in a funky haze for a couple of weeks. Um, um, but I tell you what, man, I love being a dad. I love being a dad. It just brings so much joy to my soul. I, I love. Um, oh shoot, I forgot that video. Um, Michael has a running catalog of videos of me dancing in the car, okay? I am the dad that dances in the car. Any other dads that dance in the car and just embarrass? Yes, thank you. Just, just, I love, I love embarrassing my children, okay? I just, I love that life. So today, um, we're gonna talk about fatherhood. And here's the thing that I know that is really true, is that a lot of men... Um, may have had a dad, but may not have had a dad that showed them what true biblical fatherhood looks like. And, uh, and so we're going to just take a look at that today, and we're going to jump into that. And, and I saw this passage in Luke chapter 3. If you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got an e-Bible, you can, or you can see it on the screen. Luke chapter 3, I saw this interaction with God the Father in Jesus, and it just popped off the pages to me, and so we're going to jump into that uh, today. So verse, verse uh, 21, it says this, One day, when with the crowds, they were being baptized, and Jesus himself was baptized. And as he was praying, the heavens opened up, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended like a dove upon Jesus. And a voice from heaven came forth, God the Father's voice, and it said this, you are my dear loved son, and you bring me great joy. Now, I don't know about you, but anybody to hear those words from their father, these are words that would make anybody melt, okay? The approval of a father is like nothing that we receive in this life. You can can get money, you can win awards, you can have status, you can have power, but there is nothing like the approval of your Father. So God the Father is speaking over Jesus. And so point number one today I'm going to give you is this, protect the ship, okay? Protect the ship. And let me put up that next picture, okay? This is a picture of just a ship, you know, going down, it's being submerged. And, And let me give you this quote. Okay, ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets inside of them. So 
the reality is this. As a father, our job is to protect our ships. What are our ships? They're our children, okay? They're our ships. Our job is to protect them. Our job is to show them the right course, the right direction. How many of you know that if a ship just gets off a couple degrees, it can go completely the wrong direction? So as a father, as a biblical father, our job is to make sure we do what? Give them clear insight and make sure what? That the water of this culture doesn't what? It's around them, but it doesn't what? It doesn't get inside of them. Amen? Doesn't get inside of them. So let me show you this, 2 Timothy chapter three. Timothy talked about the day and the time that we live in, okay? He talked about the water that would be surrounding our children right now as we're raising kids. And Timothy said this, he said, for people will only love themselves. Whoo! Like we could just stop right there. <laughs> They'll just love themselves. They'll love their agenda. They'll love their plans. They'll love what they want to do. So big question, do I love myself? He said, they'll only love themselves. They'll only love their money. They'll be boastful. They'll be proud. They'll scoff after God, disobey their parents. They'll be ungrateful, consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving, unforgiving, slander others, have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. Okay, so here's the deal. The water that surrounds our children right now is pretty crazy. Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay. It's just crazy, y'all. I mean, it's just, it's just the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Every day, I wake up, and I'm like, how can it get even more crazy, you know? So I need you to see something, though, okay? We're so focused on the water that's around our children, okay? We're always putting our eyes on that. Paul never said to Timothy, look, this is what the end is gonna look like, so run and hide and shelter your kids and, and make sure nothing touches them, nothing touches them bad. That's not what Paul said. Paul said, hey, Timothy, I want you to know what it's going to be like. I want you to have a picture of what it's going to be like. I want you to know so that what? You can be aware. So what? You can protect your kids, but you don't have to hide the world from your kids because here's what I know about the world. The world will get to your kids. It'll get to them some way, somehow. Okay? So one of the things that I know as a father that we try really hard in our family is this. We don't hide and shelter our kids in the world. Just don't. They're going to find out about it. They're going to be interested about it. You were interested about it. You were curious about it. You wanted to find out about it. I don't hide it, but you know what I do as a biblical father? I make sure that what? The water around them just doesn't get inside of them. Right? I'm protecting them. It's like this, okay? When I was growing up, my family would always say these kind of, it was like these three topics they would talk about, okay? They would say things like this. Don't love money. And I'd be like, well, I love money. <laughs> Money's cool. 
Like, I want to buy Jordans, and I want to buy... Remember, do you guys remember the Tommy Hilfiger jeans, the, the painter jeans with the big loop? It was for a hammer, but it had Tommy on it. And I was like, I want those jeans, you know? Right? They'd be like, don't, don't love money. Or they would always say, like, don't have sex. And I'd be like, well, all my friends say it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to them in their life. I don't know what you're talking about, you know? Right? Or they would say things like this, stay away. I remember this. They would say, stay away from gays. They would say this. Okay? Now, here was the problem, okay? Let, let, let me make sure you understand this too. They were good people. I promise you. They loved Jesus. They went to church. They were good people. And what were they really trying to do? They were trying to protect the water getting inside of us. They just didn't know how to correctly do it. Amen? Okay, so what did, what did I really need? I really needed a father that had a biblical understanding to help me understand why, right? I, I really needed them to say, hey, don't worship money. Don't be afraid of money. Money's a great tool. Do you know that God has no problem with you having money? He has no problem with that. The problem is what? We see with the rich young ruler, that the money is what he worshiped, okay? So God has no problem with us having money. He just doesn't want us to do what? To worship it. He doesn't want us to worship status. He doesn't want us to worship stuff. Why? Because it's going to disrupt our relationship with Jesus. If money is the ruler of my life, I'll worship money and stuff and things outside of worshiping Jesus. So I needed a biblical understanding of like, no, money's not bad. It's just not what my heart runs after. Amen? Like, I, I needed my family to help me understand God doesn't want you to have sex before marriage. Why? Why? So that when you get into your marriage, you don't have any, anything that is a... A, something you're, um, oh gosh, why am I blanking right now? It, it's something you don't compare. Amen? Like I needed, I needed them to sit down and not just say to me, don't get a girl pregnant. Right? I remember they'd be like, if you get a girl pregnant, don't even come home. And I'd be like, oh Jesus. Right? I needed them to go, hey, I, I don't want you to have sex before marriage. God doesn't want you to have sex before marriage because I, I don't want you to have emotional soul ties that you don't need in this life. I, I want you to understand that love is a commitment and a choice that you live out every single day, not just a feeling that you have one night. Amen? Like, this is what I needed. I needed, I needed my family to say, hey, listen, we love all people no matter where they're at in their journey in this life, even people that have homosexual tendencies, they're just sexually confused and they need Jesus and we need to show them Jesus. You see what I mean? See, biblical fatherhood has the understanding of like, this is what God has said and I'm not gonna hide the world from my children, but I'm gonna help them what? I'm gonna help them understand why we think differently. 
why we stand differently, why we have different beliefs, why we see the world differently. Biblical fatherhood has an understanding to go, you know what, I'm gonna take what's in God the Father's heart and I'm gonna put it into my children. That's a good word, Pastor Jeff. Thank you for speaking this word today. Man, some Sundays I'm just like, come on, just help me. Be here with me, please, okay? So how do we protect our kids? How do we protect the ship? How do we protect the water getting into them, okay? Let's look at that relationship between God the Father and Jesus. What did God the Father say? He said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy, okay? So what is God the Father, as a father, doing for his son? He's giving him what? Identity. Identity. Okay? And here's the deal. I would be safe to say that 80% of the men in this room today never received identity from their earthly father. And it's really hard to give something that you haven't received. Right? This is why our relationship with God the Father is so important. And us hearing what God the Father has to say about us. Because here's the deal. Before the world could declare who Jesus was, what did God the Father do? He declared who he was. So as a father, it's really important for you to understand that before the world has an opinion of your children, you better have an opinion of your children. You better have an opinion of your grandchildren. You better have a heavenly understanding and opinion of who they are and what their identity is because God the Father knows who they are. He knows exactly who they are. He knows exactly what they're called to be. And can I just be very clear about this? And I am so passionate about this. The Bible says that our children are arrows, okay? Arrows are to be what? Directed, pointed, okay? Arrows don't make their decision of where they go. The arrow goes where the person who is shooting that arrow tells it to go. Parents, your job Listen, fathers, your job is to give identity and to point your children the arrows in the direction that God the Father has for them. Amen? Listen, God the Father was giving Jesus identity. When he says this, what is he saying? He's saying, Jesus, you're mine. You're mine. You don't have to find your approval anywhere else. God's Father's going, Jesus, you belong to me. You're mine. You're my great joy. All the approval that you need is found in me. Dads, I promise you, if your kids find their approval in you, you will save them from so much hardship in this life. God the Father is saying to Jesus, he's saying what? I love you. I love you. You're my son. I love you. I tell you what, when a father tells their child, I love you, I'm for you, I'm not against you, I promise those children will live very successful lives. Promise you. 
God the Father is saying to Jesus, you're the apple of my eye. I enjoy being with you. This is what biblical fathership looks like. Fathers go, I enjoy being with my children. They're not a nuisance. They're not somebody that I'm just shooing away. Listen, and look, dads, I understand it's hard. You know, a couple Fridays ago, Jess wanted to go do something, and I was like, man, I really want to play golf. I have like a couple hours. And so I said to Jess, I want to go play golf. And all of a sudden, Ben goes, well, I want to play golf. And then all of a sudden, Luke heard it, and Luke was like, I want to play golf. And I was like, oh, sweet Jesus, you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, we're all going to play golf. So it's Friday at like 10.30 in the morning out here at Greencrest, and I got Ben and Luke and me, and we're all like putting before we're going to play golf. And the starter comes up to me, and he goes, are these your children? And I was like, yes. He's like, are they playing golf with you today? I was like, unfortunately, yes. (laughs) They are playing golf with me today, okay? And I looked at the groups behind us, and I was like, I want to apologize right now because we are going to be the slowest people on this golf course here today. But you know what? These are the moments that your kids pick up cues. Does dad want to be around me? Does my dad enjoy me? Does my dad just push me away, or does my dad want to be close? God the Father saying, you're the apple of my eye, I want to be close to you. God the Father saying, Jesus, you are who I say you are. Not what everyone else is going to say you are. Because there was a lot of opinions about Jesus. They thought he was demon-possessed. They thought he was a false prophet. They had a lot of opinions, and they said a lot of words that were not the words that God the Father said. God the Father said, I know who you are. I'm speaking this into your life. And it's amazing to me that God the Father does this when? Right before Jesus goes into the wilderness where the enemy would what? Challenge who Jesus was. See, it's our job as fathers to give identity and vision because the world will challenge it, right? The world will challenge it. The world will tell your kids they're dumb. The world will tell your kids that they've lost their minds. The world will tell their kids so many lies. Now, I want to give three tips to help our fathers. Because here's here's what I know. This doesn't come natural. Okay? It doesn't come natural. I mean, I see it in your eyes when I give you a hug and I tell you that I love you, and you're like, what? (laughs) I don't know what to say right now, you know what I mean? I I can feel it, you know? This doesn't come natural. So, So let me give you a few tips, okay? Number one is this. Spend time with your heavenly father. Men, spend time with your heavenly father. You you need to know what your heavenly father says about you. You need to find approval from him. You need to have those moments where you go, I I just left my prayer time, and it doesn't make sense because I'm so frustrated myself, but God the Father, he poured out his love on me, and I couldn't even express what it felt like. Fathers, you need that. The next thing you need to do is this. You need to speak over your children. 
okay? Speak life over your children. Make sure that you align your words with heaven. Make sure that you're not aligning your words with hell. Make sure that you're aligning your words like things like, man, you are such a good kid. You're a smart kid. You're a blessed kid. You're an obedient child. You need to speak words like, like I saw Ben this morning and he put his outfit together and usually that's like a slow motion car crash, okay, when he puts his outfit together. And, and he put it together real well today and I looked at him, I grabbed him this morning, I looked him in the eyes and I said, man, you're so handsome today. I'm so proud of you. You're such a good looking kid. Man, you gotta speak over your kids, dad. You gotta speak life over your children. You gotta speak truth over them. The next thing is them, give them approval. Hug your kids. Listen, look, look, man, oh gosh, I know. Like, I get the most awkward, weird hugs from guys. They're all like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not trying to wrestle you. I'm just trying to give you a hug, you know what I mean? I I know you didn't get a bunch of hugs. I didn't get a bunch of hugs. Listen, I, I could call... My uncle, that's like my dad, I could call him right now on this computer and I could be like, happy Father's Day, I love you so much. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, try to give that man a hug, he'd rather pass out, fall down on the ground, you know what I mean? I, I get it. But just because what you received growing up, that doesn't mean that's what you have to give to your children. Right? Change the cycle. Hug your kids a lot. Give them approval. Speak words of life. Guys, have fun with your kids. Just have fun with them. I mean, that day I went golfing, I was just like, man, you know what? It is what it is. You know, Luke's a lefty, and we have right-handed clubs, and he's hitting the ball with the, the wrong way, and it's going the wrong way. And I'm just like, you know what? You just got to have fun. Just got to have fun with them. Last thing is this, do what? Give them identity. Give them identity. Speak to them about their future. Call out the great things inside of them. You know, like, we're in this season, and and it's funny, like, I talk a lot about Ben right now. We're in this season right now where Ben, where he's like a kid, and he's also like a young adult at the same time. Like, there's moments where... You know, like the other day, I brought him to the church, and man, he just picked weeds for like four hours. And I was like, man, I was just so, so proud of him. You know what I mean? And then, you know, there's the moments where at the same day, we get home, and I just find him in the bathroom, out of the shower, dripping wet, with no towel, because he forgot to have a towel, but he's just dancing in front of the mirror, just dripping wet, getting water all over the place. And I'm like, Okay, we got, we got some, got, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I got to call out the greatness, right? I, I can't be cynical. I got I to call out the greatness. Got to call it out. I got to go, Ben. You know, like one of my favorite things about Ben is this. We call him, we call him Little Pastor Ben. Because he gets to church, and it's just like the anointing that's inside of him comes out. And we want to call it out. We tell him all the time. Like, a couple weeks ago, they needed help in one of the kids' rooms. Man, he just went in and started holding kids and playing with kids. 
And after service, we just said, man, we're so proud of you for stepping up. Speak life into your kids. This is what God the Father was doing with Jesus. I'm going to jump down to verse 5. So the devil takes him into the wilderness. He's tempting him. And it says this. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. He said this, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and the authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. Why? Because the devil is the prince of this earth, okay? And this is why he desires worship and glory. But Jesus replied to him, he says, the scripture says you must not worship, you must worship the Lord God and serve him only. That's I want to speak something into you, and I'm going to tell you, this is probably one of the most important things that I believe about biblical fatherhood. Whatever you worship, your kids will worship. Whatever you worship, your kids will worship. And again, I understand this, especially as it relates to church, and and we've built a culture in America in this realm of worship where we're spectators. We're not participants. We're just people that admire the band, and we're people that, you know, give a good little golf clap at the end of the song, you know what I mean? And we're like, you know, she was real nice, you know? And we, and we stand and we watch And I'm just going to be really honest. This is not what heaven looks like, okay? I I promise you, in heaven, people are singing, and they're worshiping, and they're bowing, and the angels, and the living creatures, they're all worshiping who? They're all worshiping Jesus. And there is something supernaturally powerful when your children watch the Father, Okay? They watch the Father. You want to know how I learned how to worship? I watched my grandfather. I watched two things every Sunday when I was growing up in church. I watched my grandfather, who could not sing just like me. Okay, I cannot sing. He could not sing. Okay, Very tall guy, 6'5 guy. And I would watch him worship Jesus on Sunday mornings, and I would watch him give every Sunday. Every Sunday, I watched him. I watched him put Jesus first. Whatever you worship, if you worship sports, dad, your kids will watch it, worship it. If you worship business, if you worship earthly treasures, whatever you worship in this life, your children will follow suit and worship those things. The enemy wanted what? He wanted Jesus to bow down and worship him. Look, the Bible says this. Every knee is going to bow. Every knee. Okay? Don't don't bow because life humbles you. Okay? Don't bow because of some bad situation that happens in your life. Bow because Jesus is amazing. Jesus is beautiful. Jesus is worthy. Jesus' grace is more than enough. Bow now 
Make the decision now to go, you know what? My life is going to be a life that worships Jesus, and I want to raise children for the next generation that also know what it looks like to worship Jesus. They take the cues from the Father in what they worship. Verse 9. Right, you can come on up. Then the devil took him up to Jerusalem to a high point on the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, jump off. And the scripture says this, he will order his angels to protect you and guard you and to hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt a foot on a stone. But Jesus responded. His response was this. The scriptures say this, you must not test the Lord your God. The ultimate test in biblical fatherhood is this. It's a simple word called pride. It's a simple word called pride. I remember when I was, um, I was like nine years old, and um, how many remember Blockbuster Video? Okay, anybody remember Blockbuster Video? Remember going there like on a Friday night, you know what I mean? You're trying to search for what was still available, and, and um, you know, there was always, like, the kids' section, and then there was, like, the, you know, like, the R-rated stuff, the adult stuff, and, you know, I remember this one time, we're at Blockbuster, and my, and my uncle gets uh, the movie Die Hard. Anybody remember the movie Die Hard? Okay. Oh, such a man movie. I mean, just like, ugh, you know. And then he rented some, like, other, like, you know, Disney movie for us, you know, and so my aunt was gonna go out that night with some of her friends. And so, like, we're all hanging out in the living room, and I remember she looked at my uncle, and she was like, do not let the boys watch Die Hard. You know, we're like, no. (laughs) So we had this long gravel driveway. And I remember one of my cousins, like my brother, she got to the end of the driveway, and. And he yelled, she's gone. And my uncle looked at us, he goes, you want to watch Die Hard? And we're like, yes, give us Die Hard. We watched Die Hard. Man, anything we could find that looked like a gun. We're like, oh, yeah, let's go. I mean, like we're beating each other, you know, and we're like trying to pretend that our feet are bleeding and, you know, all this stuff. This is, this is what we think manhood looks like, right? I don't need anybody. I got this all on my own. I'll fight through. I'll go to the end. I'll go to the death. I'll be victorious in my own strength, my own plan, right? He had his own plan in the movie. He had his own strength. He didn't need anybody else's help. He took down every one of those guys by himself, one by one. And as men, we think, I can do this life in my own strength. I can do it in my own grace. I can do it in my own plans. I can do it on my own. I don't need help. What are we struggling with? We're struggling with this idea of just pride. It's just pride. I need a bunch of men and Elevate Church that go, 
I can't do it on my own. I need a bunch of men in Elevate Church to go, I don't want to do it on my own. I need a bunch of men in Elevate Church that go, God has a better plan than I do. I need a bunch of men in Elevate Church that go, you know what? I'm surrendering my plans, my identity, my future to the one who created me and knows me intimately and has a great plan for my life. And if he has a great plan for my life, then I know it's gonna bless my wife, it's gonna bless my children, it's gonna bless everybody that surrounds and touches my life, everyone else will be blessed through the great plan that God has for my life. I don't need a bunch of tough guys. I need a bunch of guys that put Jesus first. I need a bunch of guys that worship Jesus. I need a bunch of guys who speak life over their children. I need a bunch of guys that give their children identity. I need a bunch of guys that go, you know what? I'm a faithful man. I'm a trustworthy man. I'm a man that, that God can count on, my family can count on, my children can count on. I'm a man that seeks and runs after Jesus. I'm a man that wants to know the word of God. I'm a man that wants to pray. I'm a man that knows that my identity is in Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen? Come on. And that's what I'm praying over all of our men. I believe in you. God believes in you. I believe that you are called and designed for this very moment in the earth. I believe that you are called to lead your children. I believe that you're called to keep the water out of the ship. I believe that you are called to speak life into them. I believe in you. God believes in you. I'm so thankful that you're a part of this church. I'm so, thank I'm so thankful that you've chosen to make Jesus the priority of your life. We just gotta live it out in a new way. Amen? I want you to stand up this morning. All the dads, raise your hand real high. Come on, if you're around a dad, put your hand on a dad. We're gonna pray over our dads today. We're going to bless our dads. Father, we love you. And we thank you that you're the ultimate dad. You're such a wonderful picture of what fatherhood looks like. Now, God, a lot of us didn't have a great picture of what this looked like. But Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, into all understanding, into grace, into strength. And God, I ask by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would strengthen our dads. You'd strengthen their thought life. You'd strengthen their emotions. God, I ask that you give them grace to, to be open, grace to speak, grace. I pray you grace their words with their children. I pray you grace their emotions. I pray you grace just their energy and their strength when they come home from work. I, I ask God that your grace would empower them 
to be the man you've called them to be. God, I bless our fathers. I bless their lives. I bless their jobs. I bless their marriages. I bless their children. Lord, I thank you for them. Lord, I ask that you would make them the head and not the tail. I pray you'd make them the head of their job, the head in their finances. I pray you'd make them a head in their emotions, a head in their thought life, a head. God, I pray, God, that you would bless them with wisdom and understanding that comes from heaven, that they would have heavenly thoughts, that when they're driving, when they're, when they're going through their day, that you would inundate them with Holy Spirit, heavenly thoughts about their kids and their wife and their job and their future. God, I bless them. I bless them. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that every single one of these men would know that their approval comes from you and that you approve of them, you approve of how they look, who they are, what they're doing. You approve of them. You approve of them. You love them, that you're for them. You don't stand against them. You're not, a, you're not running away from them, but you're running to them. And I ask God that you strengthen them with Holy Spirit strength, Holy Spirit boldness, Holy Spirit confidence, Holy Spirit grace, God. Fill them, fill their cup, fill them with you and your grace and your presence, Lord. God, I bless them. I thank you for them. We worship you now in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody agrees, said, come on, can we give it up for all of our dads?